All right. Welcome, Brittany. Well, tell us um, where you're at right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I am in Austin, Texas, just hanging out, you know, chilling on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, um, and we are in the, the cloud studio. Um, and so we're, we're connected virtually. So Brittany could be in a coffee shop. She could be um, in a park. She could be anywhere. So we'll let her tell us or she can keep it a mystery. Um, <laughs> that's the magic of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just chilling at home, you know, hanging out. I was doing work stuff. So today is one of my my pretty busy work days. Usually Mondays are pretty filled up for me. So I'm just at home chilling. Yeah. So you uh, work from home or tell us about what you do a little bit. I understand you have a couple little uh, different things you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I do work from home. Uh, I have a little home office. Uh, I run a mental health coaching brand. So basically I just uh, teach mental health professionals how to brand and post content online and how to market their content and all that good stuff. That's cool. Um, and from my understanding, you worked for like a, a clinic, a mental health clinic clinician or treatment center, and then as well as kind of more sole proprietor um, practitioners as well. Yeah, yeah. I started out this whole journey working uh, as a content creator for a clinic. And then I got so just in love with the whole what I was doing and the whole deal. So I decided to go full time and do it myself for a, a range of clients. That's fascinating. Um, I, I don't even that seems like such a new thing. Like I have big box insurance and so I think about like do these big campaigns for these big medical companies, you know, and, and a lot of times it's good. It, good messages like thrive, you know, the Kaiser thing. And so it's just kind of fascinating what type of um, from like a, a marketing branding perspective, what type of message, you know, the mental health clinic would be sending to the public because it's such a good service. But at the same time, you also have to kind of sell it you know in order to attract people as well and so i'm uh just curious if you just like share quotes or just inspiring things or or, or what uh, what that process is even like yeah. um kind of figuring out your almost your your brand to like help humanity almost you know yeah totally um yeah so basically i just help clinics kind of identify who they're trying to have as clients. And then I help them know how to speak to those people on a deep level. So a lot of it is marketing, but most of it is just being able to speak to those people. So it doesn't even seem like marketing. It's like content that provides value, whether or not those people buy the services from the clinic. So that's my main thing. That's what I really do. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've kind of been on my own mental health journey. Um, obviously, I've kind of shared that. We'll continue th throughout the podcast um, and other episodes as well on my podcast. Um, and I know that there's a spectrum of mental health clinics and treatment styles, and, and, um, and which is good. It's like a menu. You know, not everybody likes the same food. 
And so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess there's kind of a double-edged sword there where, you, where, you know, you want you as, as a person kind of in the industry of helping people, you want to help everybody, but at the same time, like there's, there's good fits, you know, like there's, um, not every therapist is going to give good advice. They might tell you bad advice. And so, um, that just having gone through that myself makes me just kind of automatically passionate about, um, finding better fits for these things. And the kind of modern world we live in with all of the online networks. Now, so many people are getting, um, professional psychotherapy and even just life coaching or, or networking online now. And with, um, you know, the landscape online, it's so hard to kind of spot one of these self-proclaimed healers who, you know, is probably more of a, maybe a client or a patient really, but, you know, can brand themselves as a healer. And so, um, you know, kind of having a quality control. So, so you're representing um, actual kind of licensed professional mental health folks, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I only work with people who are in the field licensed. Most of them have contributed to like studies or research or anything like that. I do get a lot of inquiries from people who aren't um, in the professional field, I guess you could say, but that's part of my thing. I try to work with people who are ideal for what I offer. And that's just not my like scope. I'm more about working with people who already have clinics established, but maybe they're a little bit smaller and, you know, kind of more personal, you know? Yeah. So um, we can kind of switch gears here a little bit. I'm curious about your background, kind of your story. Um, how how this became important to you to whatever extent you're comfortable i know that you know there's kind of things going on for a lot of us right now so i want to be sensitive but whatever extent you're willing to kind of share your journey um into wanting to um do this work that would be a wonderful story to hear yeah totally so it all really started when I was like a lot younger, when I was maybe like five or six. I always knew I wanted to like help people, but I wasn't sure how I could do that. And just through my experiences the past 23 years, I've uh, I've been through a lot of um, interesting situations where I've learned a lot of different skills. So I guess you could say it started when I was a kid, but this whole helping mental health professionals gain um, clients through online posting and stuff like that, that happened about a year ago. Um, I just was very proficient in Instagram and how to like grow accounts and things like that. And I always had a passion for mental health because of my own personal journey with mental health. So I thought, you know, maybe if I can't, directly help patients with mental health, maybe I can help clinics and therapists get their message out so they can help as many people as possible. So in a way, it's like a third party, like facilitating of healing kind of thing. Yeah, I think about just like, because I I have a very similar kind of passion to just do this work. 
um, almost whether I'm getting paid or not for it. It's I heard um, on a podcast I was listening to yesterday how somebody's like, yeah, I'm like, I have this like spider web instinct where I just want to like network um, the the movement together, like the people that need to be networked together. I'm on the same wavelength. Um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff I post, I ult- I ultimately learned about in a mental health environment in a, you know, either like a a CBT class or or something like that. And it's so applicable in that it's almost like that is like the brand. If you can almost doctor up some of the treatment into a quote or, you know, a good meme um, or whatever that can kind of help people see, you know, what the practitioner can really help them with in their life. So sorry to kind of interrupt, but (laughs) no, no, you're totally fine. (laughs) <laughs> the image, the imagery of the spider web is just is really resonates when you kind of talk about kind of connecting everything. So anyway, yeah, no, that's actually that's I'm I'm on a similar wavelength with that. Like I I really vibe with that um, that saying. I guess you could say I I feel the same way. I'm not I may not directly help people in their healing process, but I am able to give certain therapists or certain clinics more attention that in turn will help more people heal. So yeah, it's all about, you know, making the right connections and getting people into the spotlight who actually need to be in the spotlight and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I follow a couple almost, there's almost this new phenomenon of like these celebrity psychologists on Instagram where they have produced such awesome like memes and content that they have been able to almost like tour around now and and become authors and speakers almost because um the message is so good and so it's 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 phenomenon like times are changing these industries are merging it's almost um yeah it's it's crazy to witness so anyway um (laughs) back to your journey i keep segueing Oh, yeah. No worries. No worries at all. Um, Yeah, no, I've just I've had a mental health journey of my own. And I think that's really been the uh, the key factor in helping other people, even if I can't, you know, help people heal directly. I want to, like, make my work important and make what I do help people in some way. So I think that's a lot of what I do is just getting patients connected to the clinics that will help them so that's my biggest passion with what I do is just connecting people and you know helping them facilitate their healing and all that good stuff well and a lot of a big part of this conversation is not just getting people to um kind of the traditional uh psychiatry office not that there's um anything inherently evil about it or i mean there's different treatments that work for anybody i don't want to say anything is necessarily good or bad but there is um, a psychedelic renaissance happening right now and that's kind of half of um, your whole thing do you we want to segue into psychedelics a little bit that's where you probably know more more than me i definitely um, am aware but i'm not necessarily formally involved or educated Um, Tell us about psychedelics a little bit. Sure thing. Yeah. So, 
you know, part of my business is about helping um, mental health professionals. But the other part is helping people who deal legally within the psychedelic realm uh, with healing. So like maybe psychedelic integration coaches, people who help others who have had psychedelic experiences, they help them integrate those experiences into their life and help it with healing, stuff like that. So yeah, I help people like that in the psychedelic field um, get their message out and kind of speak on what they do and tell people how they how they can help. Of course, without breaking any laws, because we all know it's kind of uh, it's kind of still illegal and a little bit iffy in some places. So, yeah, we, definitely there's some uh, hoops to jump through there. But that's actually my my biggest passion with my business I would say is working with people in that in that psychedelic renaissance I I truly believe that plant medicines and psychedelics have a huge role in in healing at least they can when they're used um, responsibly and when they're integrated into the mental health experience sure and the whole theory with that is is to essentially um, break down kind of the ego, would you say, or, or kind of the illusion, um, not the illusion, but it gives you an awareness kind of outside of the body. Um, like there's a whole understanding, like the body keeps the score on like what happens or experiences in our life. And, um, with a psychedelic experience, which also can, you know, potentially be accessed through, um, meditation and other mediums you can um, accomplish a lot of the same things and so you know it's just another tool that helps kind of one get be able to observe kind of the sum of their experiences um, from a neutral perspective and so they can really get perspective on their life which can be invaluable um, in terms of transformation healing, recovery, uh, you know, alchemy in an esoteric sense, uh, you know, to me, all those are all kind of similar pursuits. And so um, the other side, though, that I can't go without mentioning is there are kind of bad trips um, as well. And so psychedelics, um, you know, are not foolproof, but um, they are not going away at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so. no, most definitely. I think um, a lot of bad trips are caused by people who take them and who aren't necessarily ready for the experience. You know, part of the psychedelic healing is these medicines show you things that you may or may not be ready to handle. And I think you as a as a person without psychedelics have to come to a point where you're able to process these experiences in a way that won't harm your psyche and I think you know I've had personal experiences with psychedelics that have been negative and I I think it was I just wasn't ready to handle the things that these medicines will inherently remind you of you know maybe things you forgot about your past or traumas or things like that so it's definitely not for everybody <laughs> yeah but... it, in a way it's like a, a black mirror or a shadow work you know and it can be ugly to to look at uh the dark side of the moon or the skeletons in the closet and 
Um, but that's the kind of, uh, it kind of illuminates that aspect, but the beautiful thing about it though, is, um, kind of the power of uh, intention. And, and once you can kind of learn to have intention, um, not just with actual psychedelic drugs, but in the quote unquote psychedelic experiences of normal life, if you will, you can start to, um, kind of create your reality. I mean, that's a little abstract of a saying, but you know what I mean? A little bit where you can kind of control the trip, um, a little bit. And, and, and and a lot of folks, some of my favorite podcast hosts are known for kind of leading the psychedelic Renaissance. But when, when you really listen to them, they're like, I haven't actually done, you know, tripped in four or five years, you know, but it, it, there, it is, um, almost a mystical or religious experience where things kind of fundamentally changes, which can be so helpful for somebody who's stuck in vicious cycles of trauma or addiction or uh, mental health, um, you know, whether they're officially diagnosed or just experiencing all of the nasty symptoms or, uh, you know, any of these adversities, um, it can really add to the clinical medical experience, which is now, you know, we're on the renaissance of, but also through ancient traditions and um, kind of ceremonies and religious healings, more of the shamanistic approach. I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, talk to that whole kind of, um, yeah, people that understand that know that this has been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So anyway yeah totally yeah and we're only just rediscovering the power that that psychedelic medicines have and you know hopefully one day we'll all have the tools to be able to uh you know utilize these experiences whether we take psychedelic drugs or just you know through things like meditation and like sound bathing and things like that that you know alter your experience without making you take a substance Yes, uh, I love sound healing. I'm a big believer in uh, the Hertz frequencies and binaural beats and all that. Yes, totally. That's actually one thing that a lot of uh, psychedelic healers that I know use in their process with psychedelics. They'll pull out their singing bowls or they'll pull out their tuning forks. And I think it's because everybody knows inherently that those healing sounds are I mean, truly healing, but then when you're in a psychedelic state, you're, you're almost like your ego is lowered. So you're more susceptible to healing and to, um, intention and things like that. So Mm -hmm. hopefully one day that'll all become mainstream. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, you know, listen to exact frequencies that are correlated with different chakra centers and that have different, you know, aspects of healing and so um it's fascinating for me you can almost kind of visualize this ocean of uh elect- electromagnetic or um you know different uh frequencies whether they're gamma beta or delta waves and you can almost you can learn the colors of these because they all represent different colors and where they kind of connect to your energy centers and your bodies and over time you can really start to um abstract or you know some of this the interdimensional movements on these on these wave spectrums that are happening all around us in the quantum if you will 
Um, and to me, that's really kind of the integration and kind of healing the ego of its illusions that it's like separate and bad and not in tune with, you know, the, the higher powers or the slash science now, and that we're learning through, um, a lot of, you know, this Renaissance that we're going through. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, that I'm all about that. I, um, uh... I actually read a book, which I totally recommend you check out. It's called How the Hippies Saved Physics. Oh, and yeah. That sounds it's actually, amazing. It's amazing. It's it's by, I think, um, he's like a Harvard professor, but he's a professor of physics. And he talks about how the psychedelic renaissance and hippies being obsessed with chakras and all that stuff. He talks about how that really does correlate with science in a way and how it, it has reinvigorated the science field and most importantly the field of quantum mechanics you know because it's all related and people are now taking a greater interest in it because there's a holistic aspect to it that that correlates to quantum mechanics so yeah i mean quantum mechanics basically says that things can tunnel you know move move faster than the speed of light across the entire universe and which just doesn't make any sense. And if you and if you really kind of want compile the astrophysicist theories, you know, we're talking about like they're saying the matrix is real with like a holographic universe. They're saying multiverse. And so if you kind of get nerdy with it, the question on what physical reality actually is in the context of black holes, the multiverse, you know, the the radiation, the the microwave radiation background of the universe and things like that, it starts to get really bonkers and, and, you know, you don't really know what is real. So to me, um, this kind of cloud understanding um, that the, these frequencies and kind of, you know, on one hand, yeah, like I'm touching the ground right now. Reality is real. On the other hand, when you get into, the theories of physics, they're saying it's not real. And so a lot of what we just kind of touched on with this kind of cloud of frequencies where we are maybe living in a virtual reality of some sorts is starting to make more and more sense and is being discussed um, in all sorts of academic communities. And to me, it truly feels like some sort of um, scientific renaissance, you know, with the, our understanding of complexity nowadays anyway so that was my deep science rant for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) connecting all of the quantum field into you know the multiverse and all that so anyway (laughs) (laughs) no you're totally right though it's it's all interrelated and and we've known for a very long time in science that everything is just energy and vibrations so i think you know in the next couple hundred years maybe humanity will figure it out we'll, we'll figure out what this is all about <laughs> but Hopefully. for now we're just guessing <laughs> all right that's awesome um so branding um let's kind of finish up with what is branding um i like to think about branding as two different there's two different types of branding uh, one of them is just kind of your personal story. And it's so funny now because 
um, especially in the sports world, you have um, some of these better athletes that are trying to get recruited, uh, growing their, their social media pages, trying to have their kind of personal brand and, and that brand will match with the university, with the style of player they are, with things like how coachable they might be. You know, they're definitely part of their brand is how, you know, how much ego representation and if it's good ego or bad ego, that type of thing. And, and so there's kind of this phenomenon of this personal branding um, that we're seeing in young people where it's just like they're trying to tell their story. Um, and it's not even just with these athletes. It's, it's, it's just somebody's just subjective life as well, whether or not they're actually online yet or not. And then uh, you have on the other side or the other end of the spectrum, you have like professional branding where people, you know, billion dollars are spent, you know, globally on, on research and marketing and graphic design and, um, you know, trying to understand the culture and what, what curating culture, I mean, is an oxymoron if you ask me, but that's a whole nother podcast, but, uh, you know, trying to, um, like a good company, like, like Nike almost, whether you don't need to get into their ethics, but they almost create their own brand. Um, and so I think it's fascinating how we have, our story, like a narrative. And then we have, you know, almost this professional brand we economize and, and how to me, ultimately they in, in a, in a pure form could ultimately be the same thing. Um, and how I imagine and like, it's ultimately my belief that the more honest one is with kind of like, their own personal resume, the more likely they're going to get the job and make money, if you will. Um, and, and that kind of works for anybody. Like if you're, if you're an athlete trying to get recruited, you know, you're going to end up going to the right school, the right sports program. If your brand kind of reflects who you really are in the weight room, in the classroom with your friends, things like that. And, um, that, and that's just kind of, there's almost a vulnerability aspect where it's not, you're showing the world your trauma. You know, there's definitely certain things that are private and sacred, so to speak. But at the same time, you're not, you're not hiding from your shadow and that you're kind of afraid. You're not afraid to step out into the public at whatever scale you're at, you know, whether the public is just your family and friends, or if you have a larger platform, um, yeah, I th- ultimately, like, to me, the truth is kind of self-evident. And it's, it, to me, it, it almost seems like a natural, like, if you're into helping people, like, branding the mental health and wellness industry, it almost just, like, speaks for itself, you know? And that's, and that's imagine what I lot of, a lot of maybe what you're doing is so much of developing ourselves is almost getting out of our own way and and just maybe having the courage just to speak the message. That was another long winded kind of rant, but I'll let you uh, pick, pick up anywhere that in there you wanted. So. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. You're, you're almost entirely right about that. Um, I would say you were on the right track with saying that, you know, more professional branding and then more personal branding are, 
almost one and the same. Um, that's part of what I teach. You know, I, I like to say that for most people, our businesses that we start are to help people that mirror who we were before we got the help that we needed. So, you know, whether it be in mental health or, you know, fitness or eating certain um, dieting things or eating right or healthy, like all of these uh, new businesses are started to help people that were in the, or that are, excuse me, that are in the same place that the person who started the business was, you know, before they were transformed. So that's that a lot of mental health people are like that. It's, it's like, you know, the person I first started working for, she had a huge deal with anxiety. She had a lot of anxiousness in various aspects and um, she had a few anxiety disorders and now she owns a clinic that helps people with anxiety. And so she, she helps people to get to where she is now. And it's all because she was in that same place that her clients are in right now, you know? So I think personal branding and professional branding, at least now going into 2020 are almost one in the same because almost all successful brands are based off of helping people who were and are you before you transformed before you had help in the areas you needed so yeah that's all branding is really it's it's more mindset than it is um like a science there's a little bit of science aspect to it like how you need to talk to people who you want to sell your products or services to but for the most part it's just being authentic and and being relatable but not fake relatable like just sharing your true story what happened to you and why you're doing better why you're in your highest self now so and to me that's just is like just what a wisdom teaching just from any spiritual tradition is is how things just basically correspond to kind of like as beloved so below and yeah that's awesome yeah yeah branding is totally like that it's um I like to think of it as like you have, if, if we're talking in like psychology terms, you have your, your ego, your super, super ego and your id. And so you're, yes. you know, yeah, you get it. Your lower self, quote unquote, your self self, and then your higher self. So and which so, one's which for the listener? Yeah. So hopefully I don't butcher this, but uh, <laughs> your id is yourself, your self self. Uh, your ego is your lower self and your super ego is your higher self. So stepping into your higher self is like stepping into your alignment, who you can truly be at the highest, most knowledgeable level. And then stepping into your lower self is basically the inverse, just not uh, utilizing your experience or your knowledge for good or not stepping into your your power, just kind of being closed off. So part of branding is utilizing those two narratives that everybody has within themselves and speaking on those narratives to help people who may be in their ego phase or you know, maybe somebody's on their way to their super ego phase, their highest self phase, but they need 
you know, a little bit of guidance. And that's mostly what branding is about, just speaking to those people, where they're at in their journey, and how you can help them. Yeah. Um, That reminds me of, like, I grew up with a a more religious framework, which um, I don't believe in um, anymore as, like, exclusive truth, but it definitely has good... Um, stories within there that I've still utilized. And it talks about the same thing where I kind of, you kind of have a higher self, um, which is like your true self um, or, or more of a, a heavenly self in a Christian context or whatnot. And then you also have maybe your lower self, which is more unconscious, which is your basic instincts or, or maybe more primal. And, and, and I used to think it was just straight kind of good or bad, black or white, but now I'm seeing it as more of kind of yin yang relationship where we have this body, this vessel, this medium that is like a supercomputer. It's more powerful than anything that is even imaginable in the universe, especially like the brain and when it's all synced up. And so um, a lot of, getting to kind of the core essence of ourself. And so we can be effective interpersonally and professionally in our lives is yin yang between that, that natural self, which sometimes, you know, religious or certain dogmas can call evil or bad, which isn't entirely true. And then the higher self. And, um, and that's where we kind of navigate our identity between there and, what I'm getting at is ultimately kind of back to the body keeps the score and the more that we can trust what's in our heart, what's in our minds, what's in our gut, and then also align it with kind of our external alignment that kind of synthesizes it. Um, But it's, and I guess I want to emphasize that because when I was studying this whole psychological kind of consciousness thing, you know, kind of Freud and Jung and all that, they have all these visual iceberg things on how much is beneath the surface with kind of the archetypes and um, our body experiences and how so much of what we do is just kind of a habit based on the past. And um, yeah, that was another kind of big broad rant, but basically getting to kind of balancing our, our higher selves as a guidance and our lower instinct and yeah, everything we've talking about, I think, kind of helps us accomplish that. So um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I'm such a nerd when it comes to um, almost the topology and kind of mapping the stuff out. I get lost in it, <laughs> but it's so fun to talk about. Um, is there anything else um, that you wanted to uh, talk about, Brittany, today? Well, I think we covered so many topics, uh, even ones I didn't expect to talk about. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not too sure. I think I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, everybody has the ability to align with who they want to be and who they think they can be. And, you know, sometimes we may need some guidance and that's why people like me and my business and other people exist, you know, to help facilitate that um that guidance into your higher self and so that's pretty much all i 
wanted to emphasize. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. So my main page, um, I have a Facebook, but I don't really use it. But my main page is Instagram, uh, the Cosmic Consult. So you can find me that way or just type Brittany, the media consultant. There's another uh, way you can find me through the search bar that way. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, we'll do let's do this again. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you want to, you know, have a little chat about sound healing or mental health or anything, just give me a call. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's cool because we're kind of on this journey together. And um, yeah, that's, you know, this platform is kind of my tool for exploring these things out loud. So I appreciate you being a part of it. And uh, we'll do it again. Yes, of course. I appreciate you having me on. It's been an amazing experience. I love talking about all these things we mentioned today. For sure. Well, take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.